Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Igberto is your host. Thank you so kind of for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, and I continue. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. My, my, my chant that I said I would continue, and that is to ensure that every day that the massacre, every day that the genocide, every day that the, uh, that the condition that our brothers and sisters in Gaza are going through, their brothers and sisters, including in Israel, are going through. We're going to cover that and we're going to put the appropriate context onto it, not just the mainstream context that I found or that I find completely and entirely biased uh, and, and, and a disgrace to the humanity of many. I find it appalling that we are so inhumane to some as they suffer, suffer, and suffer. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes from Kingwood, Texas. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard, Jay Ray 713 from Third Ward, Houston. Welcome aboard, uh, Parvet, 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 E2247. always forget where you're from, E2247. And welcome aboard, Yvette Avery Herod from Atlanta, Georgia. And of course, we have May Wood from California. And we have Lee Grant from uh, Montgomery County. And we have uh, Paravet, 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 El Senor Rutnin, uh, AVQ from Brooklyn, New York. We are represented all over the country in our chat. And of course, we have thousands of people that will listen to our podcast, our vlogcast, and our blogs and everything else on this particular show. So folks, 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 we are here. We are here to listen. It's great hearing from all you great people. Anyway, let's see what we got here. Nobody had any long commentaries today, but let's see what we got here. Eric says, why would we just limit government to the increase of people's wages instead of overspending in a deficit? You don't have to cut spending. We should have a surplus by now. First of all, a surplus in government makes no sense, but that we'll have to go into some other day. Eric Hayes says, your buddy Daniel should focus some energy on all government, including his county buddies, Ellis and Hidalgo. I love Ellis. I love Hidalgo. I don't have a problem with Ellis and Hidalgo. I don't allow myself to be indoctrinated by on on you know uh, by what some would have to say all right and now eric also says here's a reality of biodynamics 401k hardship withdrawal rate is way up due to economic issues i know the fact i've had to do it yes the hardship withdrawal let me tell you what i always tell people you know the spending capacity one spending capacity is their income plus their savings plus their credit. And when you've maxed out the amount of income you have, meaning your budget takes all your income and you have dipped into your savings and you exhausted that, 
and you have started to use your credit and you've reached your limit, at that point, the economy freezes. Unfortunately, my dear Eric, if you listen to the talks of Dr. Richard Wolf, you would understand that that is the modus operandi of capitalism. In fact, you can talk about, let's go ahead and teach, teach people how to manage their own personal economies. And that's true. I'm all for that. But there are, uh, that, some people can do that. There are some people that will forever be living, not paycheck to paycheck, but paycheck to paycheck, food bank to food bank. But because, my brother, you are unaware of those sorts of conditions for many of our brothers and sisters in Appalachia, for many of our brothers and sisters in the ghettos and the barrios, it, you can't fathom that there may be people out there that have almost no wiggle room for their own personal economy. It requires a certain degree of empathy to understand that what many people say on the radio about control your spending and all of that sort of stuff may be true for some and not true for all. So I understand. Well, I'll, I'll move on to the subject that we want to get to. Anyway, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Paravet, 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 paravet. I am not going to go there. Michael Rodden says, why does Eric so often post FV videos like the start of F <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Anyway, Jay Ray says, I really had to figure out what position I take on the war in Israel. But wait, what happened with Putin and Ukraine? I lost track of that war. Scratches the head. Well, you know, we're paying for them all. So we better not just scratch our head, my brother Jay Ray. But uh, let's go ahead and start as we should with Israel, with Hamas, with Palestine, with Gaza. So let's go ahead and do that right now and go with that interview that really upset me. So let's go ahead and get busy, mis hermanos y mis hermanas. The organically biased reporting on the Israeli-Hamas-Palestinian issue in Gaza continues. Um, I, I, it simply boggles the mind when we see the tragedy in Gaza, the, in, the, in, the infrastructure blown to smithereens, body parts and people blown up to the order of over 11,000 people, more than 4,500 children. And what many American experts say is way above that number if we really got an accurate count. And the place, the manner in which these guys just speak about these issues antiseptically. This is occurring because several hundred Israelis were murdered. Again, that's a serious issue. But it's amazing that a few hundred Israelis, dead Israelis, horrendous is bad. But somehow the the, con the continuity of hundreds dying every day. In Gaza, that's kind of placé. We'd like to stop it. We'll see how we can go ahead and stop it. We'll see if we can kind of reduce the amount of you being killed as we do what we want to do. 
And I want you to listen to General McCaffrey. I want you to also listen to Blinken and how McCaffrey, McCaffrey characterized what Blinken is doing. He's not trying to save lives. Blinken is trying to just give the impression of holding Israel in check just so that the rest of the world doesn't go crazy and come on in and in the side of humanity. Listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. This gigantic tragedy engulfing the region, uh, all caused, triggered deliberately by Hamas with that 7 October brutal murder of hundreds of Israeli civilians and complicated by now some 240 hostages who are in perilous situation. But at least more Palestinian civilians now appear to be moving out of the combat zone, 80,000 yesterday, some humanitarian supplies getting in. Uh, So the great tragedy is at a turning point. The IDF is trying to destroy Hamas. Secretary of State Blinken uh, has been denouncing the war's toll on civilians in Gaza, and he was in India today. I want to play for you, General, what he said. Much more needs to be done uh, to protect civilians and uh, to make sure that humanitarian. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Resistance reaches them. Far too many Palestinians have been killed. Far too many have suffered uh, these past weeks. More than 11,000 people have been killed in Gaza, according to Palestinian authorities, and that includes 4,500 children. And then earlier this week, General, a senior Biden administration official told Congress that actually the civilian death toll could be even higher than previously cited. So when Secretary Blinken says much more needs to be done to protect civilians, what can be done? Well, I think a lot is being done. And the primary things they've got to get, they had, you know, a million people and essentially in this built up city of Gaza. Most of them are now out. There's still probably a couple hundred thousand in there. That's the zone of intense danger. And then in addition, what has to be done is Egypt has to fully cooperate the Arab world in funneling humanitarian supplies into this so-called safe zone uh, along the, uh, the the waterfront and the, and the Rafa border crossing. Uh, and I think finally, IDF is going to uh, try and wrap up their operations as rapid as they can, but time is their enemy. So Secretary Blinken, very skillful, devoted diplomat, thank God for his leadership, is trying to calm the waters in the international community, is trying to prevent the war from widening uh, particularly with Hezbollah entering the fight successfully so far. And finally, I think he's got to pay attention to domestic politics. Uh, President Biden's worried about re-election, and this could be a factor. 
As you watch all of the protests that have been going on, General, and they've gotten big in some places, there's a huge one that's planned tomorrow in London. There have been some questions about them all around the world, but but also domestically here at home. Will, the longer this war goes on, the political pressure, not just here, but elsewhere, only increase? Yeah, it looks like it. You know, it's something that mystifies me. You know, at the end of the day, there's history. There's 75 years of history. There's 1948. There's the great uh, exodus of the Palestinians into a, into a, a part of uh, Gaza, which was owned by Egypt. All that's there. The Israelis aren't going anywhere. They're a sovereign nation. And unfortunately, the, where we're stuck is Hamas says on the head of Hamas on television in Lebanon a couple of days ago, we intend to destroy Israel, the river to the sea. We're going to come back and eradicate you people. Until we get beyond that, do we get some pan-Arab uh, peacekeeping force in the West Bank and uh, Gaza until we have some two-state solution that doesn't just look like a pause with another attack on Israel? Uh, these terrible conflicts are going to continue. I find it astounding when you put the numbers on the screen. 11,076. Palestinians dead, 4,500 children. And it's just a number. It's just a number. And then McCaffrey has the nerve to say, look, this stuff has been going on for 75 years. They better get with the program. Look, Israel is there to stay. I don't have a problem with saying Israel is there to stay. But in the context of saying it, it has the context of saying, look, we created Israel. We allowed Israel to go ahead and uh, just go ahead and take over other folks' lands, create an Akba or do, do all these things. That's just how it is. Sorry about it. And we'll just try for a two-state solution. And that two-state solution, let's just make sure that uh, they get a little piece of that. I mean, the nonchalant nature in which the humanity of the Palestinians are taken into account is the issue. And it is sad. And it is sad. And what they don't understand. And look, I, to some extent, I understand America's position, right? Because if, if, if you came into a land and you go ahead and say, well, Israel, you can't do X, Y, and Z, your four of your fingers are going to be pointing back at you. Black Rock, America. Trail of Tears, America. And we, we, we will have to start looking at all these issues that maybe we have yet to atone for. And we could, but we've yet to atone for. But if we go ahead and tell Israel, don't repeat the same. You know, we did tell them that, right? Don't repeat the same mistakes we made. But we're only talking about Iraq and Afghanistan. We're not talking about Panama, Grenada. We're not talking about the, the, the reservations, the trailer. We're not talking about any of that. We're just talking about Iraq and Afghanistan. Israel, don't make that mistake now. At some point in time, at some point in time, America and Israel is going to have to stop undermining the intelligence of the rest of the world. That bad things have happened to Israelis, what Hamas did, a bad thing, should also be buffered with the bad things others have done 
to the aggrieved. I'm not justifying the murder and killing of a whole lot of uh, Israelis, but I'm saying at some point, when we talk about no hands are clean, at some point, we're going to have to make sure that humanity extended to everyone, but more than humanity extended to everyone, that there are, there's blame to go around and some have more blame based on the continuum of the way they've dealt with the other. And that is what's important, right? I, I, I can't tell how sickening it was, how they sit down and debate. You know, there are, we're, we're up to 11,000 Palestinians dead, right? And they sit down and debate about what we need to do. And Blinken goes out to India and he says, oh, Israel has to do better and stop killing as many people. Hey, we gave or we are giving Israel $3.5 billion a year. We have a bill giving Israel $14 billion to replenish itself, to give them the bombs that they're using to bomb the Palestinians. We are replenishing their bombs. And we have the nerve to say, let's try to ask them to stop the killing. No, we tell them to stop the killing and go surgically against these different entities. Warriors against warriors. Warriors against warriors. That's what it should be. It's not difficult. We're talking about humanity here. Okay? Daniel says, serious, Egberto. Would you prefer global war to Palestinian defeat? I am not willing to sacrifice anybody. I've seen what sacrificing a people looks like. It looks like Panama. It looks like when, when Manuel Antonio Noriega got arrested, he lived. But the United States military killed thousands of Panamanians. That's my folks. I've lived that. Yo viví eso. Con toda mi vida viví todo eso. Remember my father, after I'm being here in the States, and after my father called the first time we were able to make a connection between the United States and Panama. And he's calling. He's like, oh, last night I spent all day running like a chicken around the house under, under the beds as we heard the missiles flying over from those, the Cobras, etc., into the Cuartel Nacional in Colón. You guys don't know what war is. You know? And uh, when I tell you you know, in America, we sit down and it looks like fireworks. We're looking at Gaza. I'm looking at Gaza on TV right now. It looks like fireworks. You have missiles flying and it's beautiful. It looks like you're playing a war game. And we sit down and antiseptically talk about, well, you know, Israel lost 1,400 people and the Palestinians lost 11,000. Like, it's like a damn joke. These are dead people that have mothers, fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, people that care about them. And we sit back as Americans and determine if we're going to send $14 billion to send more missiles and bombs over. My folks lived it. 
It is ridiculous how we deal because we don't have all these warring stuff. The first time that we got hit and we lost between two and 3,000 people in America. Oh, that was the end of the world. So we lost after using bombs all over the world and bombing and bombing and bombing. Right? And we lost 3,000 innocent Americans. And then, for that, hundreds of thousands had to die with a more than a decades-long war. Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. Okay? Now, let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, who's in the house? Who's in the house? Who's in the house? Uh, paravet, paravet, paravet. The biggest problem with mainstream network media are that they have a capitalist corporate bias in their messaging, true, and that those who stand against such messaging, specifically progressives, are rarely brought on to talk about that issue. That's why we have politics done right, Michael, or to talk about populist economics for the benefit of people in favor of establishment talking heads from both parties who mostly talk about how bad Trump is. You nailed it. Right. Trump is a nice thing to cover because it takes up a lot of time. They don't have to talk about the serious issues. You're absolutely right, Mr. Rudnan. Uh, Eric Hayes uh, wondered, why is it that uh, I, 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 I use MSNBC's footage and other footage? Well, I always say these reporters that work for ABC, CBS, MSNBC, uh, uh, CNBC, they're not bad people at all. In fact, they want to do their jobs. So you can take a lot of the material that they do and get the context of that material, expand on the context and create the story based on the context. That is what we do. Right. Because MSNBC has good reporters. So the CBS and they, they have good reporters. But they are confined by exactly what Michael Rudnan had to say up top. All right. All right, what else we got here? Hey, Melissa Bowie is in the house. How are you doing, Melissa? And who else just joined us? I think, well, I, uh, Daniel Lado joined us as well. Welcome, Daniel. Alistair Water, que paso, Alistair. Great commentary that you made this morning on KPFT, my dear. Uh, who else we got? Paul Fleming from Atlanta is in the house. And here is Alistair. Talk to me, Alistair. What's up? Hey, okay. We can have it both ways with not having innocent civilians being murdered, whether they're yes. Palestinian or Israeli or Jewish. Exactly. I, I don't understand the one or the other choice that, uh, who was it, Lizzie, that put up there? I, we can have it all around where people are not being murdered. Alistair, you're absolutely if we put our money if we put our money where our mouth is and stop giving Well uh, uh, hold on a second Alistair I I'm learning this. We have two calls at the same time and I think I brought in Jay Ray. So Ray, let me get back to Alistair. I have to figure out how to do it. I'm so glad this happened for the first time. So let me go ahead and try to figure out how to handle two calls at the same time. This is the first that we're doing this. Let me, I think I do a park. And Alistair, are you back? Or who's, who's on still? Let's see. Who's on still? 
I'm learning this new setup that we have here, people. So bear with me a minute. Uh oh, I think I. All right, there we go. Okay, Alistair, did I lose you or what happened? Yeah, yeah, it went straight back to the hold music, and I'm like, dude, you dropped me. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't drop you. What did. happened is another call came in. I wanted to put that one on uh, hold. I haven't, fi- I haven't figured it yet. I think Jay Ray called. So Jay, call no after worries. Alistair is done. Then I'll, I'll have to figure out how to do all of this. Anyway, we will continue, work Alistair. through these hiccups, won't we? I yes. I want to assure y'all that you are I'm hands free and not watching, just listening. But we can have it all. With the, yes, with, we have to put our money where our mouth is and stop giving anyone that is using weapons by our funding to stop murdering civilians. We just we have to stop giving them money if they're murdering civilians. I if you want agree. All of it. I War agree. Sucks. I agree. Sucks. And it's not the higher ups that pay for it. It's everybody that is a common Joe in that society that pays for it. Ma'am, you nailed it. If you we don't want it. it, if we don't want people murdered, then we need to stop giving money and blank Alice. checks and all of that. Thank you, my dear friend, Alistair Water. Thank you very much. You're absolutely, absolutely. right, my dear. Absolutely. You take care, my, uh, my friend. Go ahead, call in, Jay Ray. We'll talk to y'all later. Right. All right, folks. That was great. Jay Ray, you can give us a call and put give us your commentary of Jay Ray. Actually, that is uh, Ray from uh, Third Ward. Come on in, Ray, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and put you on next. And I got to figure out how you handle uh, several calls coming in and putting them on hold. I don't have a, somebody to back me up like I do at the KPFT studio when we do the morning shows. So I, there we go. All right, Jay, come on in, Senor Ray. Yeah, brother. Uh, I just wanted to respond to your impassioned speech. You know, um, I understand that you, you know, having been uh, an immigrant of Panama and uh, going through that, you know, it, it definitely hits close to home. And as an American, you know, I always try to, you know, empathize as best I can because, you know, as an American, I understand something that maybe a lot of us don't understand as Americans, we're not untouchable, you know? Right. And that's the thing about, you know, being an American, we've been spoiled, you know? And the reason why I feel, you know, and, and, and this is uh, inspired by, you know, taking liberties with the many history documentaries on YouTube, I highly recommend it. But, you know, in a lot of these wars, you know, like Alistair said, it's the, the common people that are paying for it. And on top of that, the uh, the human casualties don't even amount to what the war is about. I mean, you know, you look at like the World War, for instance. You know, there was a there was a battle between Hitler and Stalin for who was going to dominate. You know, that part of the world. But I mean, honestly, Hitler didn't win because Stalin was just that much more motivated to to not let the other ideology take over. So it was an ideological battle more than it was about, you know, the common good of the people, you know, and, and I just say all that to say, you know, war is not good for anything. And America has a lot to atone for because 
two words, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. That's oh my all God. I have to say about those. You know, I, and, and you know, that is, it is, it is important for you to make mention to certain issues like Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Panama, Granada, uh, and, and Haiti, all these other places, because here's the, the thing that happens a whole lot, uh, Ray. Uh, we have a tendency when we see massacres all over the rest of the world, or even as we have some Americans complaining about what Israel is doing inside of, uh, of Gaza, we don't realize too often what we do. And it was interesting because when you when you say Hiroshima, Nagasaki, people like, the, you know, we always give a narrative to the reason why our killing was good. Right. We saved a lot of American lives by dropping the bomb on innocent people in Nagasaki, by dropping the bomb on innocent people in Hiroshima. If we hadn't dropped the bomb, a lot of American soldiers would have died going to invade Japan. That's the narrative we give. Right. So. We traded right. soldiers. And, and the same, the, right. We traded soldiers for civilians. So we traded the lives of soldiers to kill civilians. I mean, so it's something that every country seem to do, and it's something that no country should do if we're to find a way to not go to war. Go ahead, uh, Ray, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just basically saying, like, it's uh, it's comparative to how we treat the whole issue of war. It's like, how do you say, we can't tell other countries not to bomb people. I mean, it's hard for America to stand high on the moral ground when it comes to war because we have so much blood on our hands as a nation. Right, right. We have so much blood, and it's like if we were to even be, you know, have the audacity to say you need to stop killing those people, uh, and then be like, "Excuse me, America, are you really one to talk?" Can, exactly. Can we you pull know, up the receipts? Yeah, and that you is know? one of the reasons. And, oh, I'm sorry. And 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 uh and I know I don't want to make light, but um but I do remember a, a specific comment or a joke that um that Dave Chappelle said as pertains to war, and uh, he mentioned uh, when he was having a skit about Black Nostradamus, he said, "How do you know that George W. Bush knows that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction?" And the punchline to that joke was because he has the receipt. <laughs> and basically what America, we can't talk. It. When you say, how are you killing all these people? Because we sold you the weapons. We have the receipt. That's why I want to tie that joke in. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, it's a joke, but unfortunately it's true because one of it, it, it's even look, you know, you, we, we bring that out, uh, Ray, as a form of for war, right? But we can also use it for guns in America, right? In other words, we create all kinds of stories and we make all kinds of use of the Second Amendment so that we can enrich the companies who make guns, right? And and, and so we've we've trade we have so cheapened life, is what I'm saying, Ray. We have so cheapened life, but when it hits home, 
And I'm not talking about home for the streets of Detroit or home for the mass killer, but homes for the people's lives who matter in the United States. And we know all lives aren't equal in the United States. One of the reasons we had the Black Lives Matter come up in the first place, because we understood that all lives were not given the same the same importance, the same whatever. You understand what I'm saying? So um, as a as somebody as a naturalized citizen who came from a country that had had many skirmishes with the United States military and seen the atrocities that our own military can do in other lands and things that we don't see here in the United States, we are insulated from in the United States. I have a perspective. Many of us have from these other lands have perspectives that I think I would do a lot if we went ahead and take into account. Anything else, Ray, that you want to add? Uh, I just want to say um, thank you for being a proud American, a true American is what I call you, Egberto, because you actually believe in what this country is supposed to be about. And uh, that's the reason we, we are only here. Get, yeah. If we could only get our natural, if we could only get our uh, born citizens here who were on this soil to, to believe and understand what you believe, we might make it to the promised land. And that's all I'm going to say it on that. I'll be listening. Thank you. Ma- Thank you for the call, my brother. Thank you for the call. Anyway, um, that was, uh, like I said, every, every day until this goes down, um, I, I said I was going to touch on the Israeli issue, the Israeli-Palestinian issue, ensuring that 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 people people keep it in the in the forefront of their brains. There are a lot of innocent people dying. A lot of innocent people dying. Eric says, "Egberto, how is America insulated? You don't even know who is coming here nowadays or what they're doing." Uh, my dear brother, Eric Hayes, if you don't understand that Americans are insulated, insulated from much of the atrocities, not only that we have perpetrated on others, but that we have, that we have actually uh, gotten, okay? Uh, so... Anyway, Melissa, there I, I show that uh, that that thing came to, that that thing was placed in your mailbox, Melissa Bowie. The the uh, the stuff was placed in your mailbox, so it it actually got into you yesterday. Uh, so I, I just wanted to make sure that you went to your mailbox and got it. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure you got it. Anyhow, uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. Um, I got another piece to. To play for you. And the piece is an interview that I did with the chair of the, what was it called? It was a chair of the, the executive director of the Working Families Party, the executive director of the Working, Maurice Mitchell. You know, uh, yesterday I played the video with, uh, Manchin Levin. He he's not going to run for the Senate. Well, hell, if he had run, he would have lost anyway. So Manchin left, and oh, it's a big hoopla, ta da ta. And 
all these kudos he's getting about moving to the center and getting people to move to the center and it's going to be a good thing and yes i will he should go around the country and talk about the center the center the center i have always spoken about there being no center there's, there's a mythical center the center that folks talk about is nothing more than what we call neoliberalism right and whenever people run away from neoliberalism on the right or the left neoliberalism panic because the, the 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 centrist republicans and the centrist democrats that work together to maintain the status quo of neoliberalism they panic because people are becoming smarter i want you to listen to what maurice mitchell had to say and by the way i was supposed to do a video on uh kim Ak, but it's too late it's a 20 minute video that i did with with uh with uh indivisible houston this morning so you can actually go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter to see the vid uh, for a link to see the video but anyhow I want you to listen to Maurice Mitchell. Maurice is a friend of mine. He's a direct executive director of the Working Families Party, uh, a party that's growing around the country, very strong in New York, uh, very strong in some other areas, but, but it's there. So check this out, and then we will take it on the other side. These narratives carry with them all types of political interests. Talking about electability, in that one word is sort of sandwiched in that word are all of these biases, right? And all of these political interests, right? And we have one of the most crucial decisions to make. Our country is choosing to either go further towards neo-fascism, return back to the sort of like third way triangulation of sort of corporate Democrats, or take a leap forward towards more more progressive, more inclusive, more socially democratic country. Those are our three very stark decisions that we're making. The, the intervention I think we need to make is around this question of electability or what it takes to actually beat an ascendant white Christian identity movement that Trump wrote to the White House. My instincts, as, as well as the data, right, because I, I would say that I haven't seen any data that suggests that, because there's like 15% of people who aren't either like Democrats or Republicans, they're often called centrists, right? In order to be a centrist, you need to have a pretty nuanced ideological understanding of the left and the right to choose to, for some reason, become equidistant between them. That's not what's happening with those folks. These are everyday folks who are just trying to get through their day and who have some like ideologically discordant views, right? They believe some really liberal things and some kind of conservative things. The, the thing that helps people cohere a political identity is organizing. You, the way that you organize people is by presenting a dramatic, positive vision for their future and working hand-in-hand hand with them to build it. And so presenting people with small, bore solutions or fearing them to the, to, the, uh, to the voting booth is not going to be enough to build a movement of people. You might get them to vote, maybe, but you're not going to get them to volunteer like hell to bring other people in their communities and to, uh, uh, into the fold and to have the necessary conversation in their churches, uh, in their in Thanksgiving, in order to shift shift folks towards our side. The only way that could happen is by actually saying and, and standing on what we actually want, right? And so there's a lot of folks who are fearing us from doing that in the in the interest of false unity. 
whenever anybody talks about unity, it's it's actually surrender, right? Whenever I have had a conversation about unity, right? It's actually, right? And whenever anybody talks about ideology, they're always talking about like progressives. Right? For some reason, the radical centrists don't have ideology, right? It's like, you're being way too ideolo uh, ideological because we're talking about our values. They're talking about their values, right? They're talking about their corporate values. And so, to me, the intervention needs to be, a, a, like, uh, we need to demystify some of these terms and stop pretending that these are neutral terms. These are loaded terms. These are political terms that are designed to steer us towards a particular politic, right? And we need to resist that. And if we look at the data, and we well, if we want to win, those 15%, that's like my cousin who is a manager in, in, at McDonald's and is uh, in her late 20s and is a single mom. She's not super ideological. She needs to be organized. I, I post stuff on Facebook, and every 20th post, she's like, yeah, it does. Right? She's not reading the Washington Post op-ed section, right? So, like, it's our job to engage with her where she's at and then present her, like, a positive vision of where we need to go that actually meets the scale of her problems. And that is the magic. We have to go where the people are. One of the reasons I wrote the book how to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbors. Yes, it's sort of cliche. It's sort of a, to talk to those folks who look at us like we have, look at progressives like they have horns, who think that the policies we want are somehow anathema to the policies they want. What the goal about, specifically a trio, I have a trio, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. How to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbor, and the, I mean, it's worth it. How to talk to your right wing friends and neighbors, as well as uh, as 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 well as how to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it. Why? Those are a, that trio is there to talk to tell the story. One to teach about the economy. Two to so, show how you communicate what you've learned about the economy. Uh, I, I'm saying economy, but it's more than economy, of course. And three. What we can aspire, what we can aspire to have. And since I'm not going to cover that story about um, the story about uh, uh, Kemag right now, because we don't have the time, what I will cover is a, a story that I read in Common Dreams. You know, I love Common Dreams. They, they, they ha they're a great aggregator of good, uh, very good, um, very good writers. And what I want to do is point out this article. I'm going to put it on the screen right now. It's titled, The U.S. Has a Choice. Happier Leftist Finland or Angry Right-Wing Hungary? According to research and data, right-wing governance and economic thinking make life more miserable for people remember those three my three books that i talk about and why i wrote those three books because it's a story that we have to it, it's about the removing the indoctrination that we've been born into and talking about what what we have what we've had 
what is and what can be, right? It is becoming clear that the period up to and including the 2024 national elections, uh, uh, let's say 2024 national election could be an important inflection point for the nation, which is true. The political and cultural struggle between left and right may be coming to a head. So let's take a look at where we are and where we may be headed. The most important context for the political moment is manifest in the feelings and outlook of the population. It is no secret that much, most of the adult population in the United States is not feeling good about the future. The Pew Research and the New York Times report that 60% of adults feel that the country is in decline and over half feel that the economy is going to weaken in the future. In addition, over two thirds of adults feel children today will be less well off as adults than their parents are. And 80% expect hard economic times and increased political conflict and dysfunction. These feelings can easily be seen in our streets and neighborhoods. Today, too many ordinary Americans are fearful and insecure and a fearful and insecure people make bad choices bad choices bad choices however the specifics may vary the political left and right perceive some of the same general problems but disagree about their causes and what is to be done henceforth the book as i see it and how to talk to your right friend relative friends and neighbors because we give you what what the causation And we give you how to explain the causation so that people don't block you out, right? Why are our democratic process under assault? It is voting fraud. And is it voting fraud elections or the suppression of voting and influence of big money? What causes the wide and rising social economic inequality in our country, as we dominated and are we dominated and oppressed by a highly educated professional elite, or is it the problem of the wealth and power of the corporations and the economic upper class? What is the nature of racial injustice and conflict? Is that the nation is uh, being taken over by immigrants and people of color, or is it the product of continuing racism and white supremacy? How should we respond to a fallen quality of life? Should we give those who are struggling more opportunities, or is it enough to allow those who can afford to pay to move behind the velvet curtain and secure a good life for themselves? These are imperative questions that we imperatively answer. How should we handle the fluidity of gender and sexuality? Do we celebrate our diversity or do we forcibly enforce traditional roles and rules? How do we organize and use the new technologies of mass communication? Do we regulate AI, the media, the internet, or do we allow the marketplace to define truth and falsehood? What is happening with the climate and the environment? Are we experiencing a serious crisis defined by global warming and widespread environmental destruction? Or are we experiencing a command and natural cycling of environmental conditions? True. Very good questions. More broadly, those on the right believe that the cause of our problems is too much government and things will get better when government gets smaller. They seem to think that the problems of ordinary Americans would be resolved if we let the economic marketplace operate without government rules and regulations. They seem to believe that the two most important causes of this current crisis are the power and influence held by a relatively small group of highly educated liberal professionals who control the media and dominate 
and already too big government and the growing influence of wokeness as promoted by groups such as liberals, socialists, feminists, gender fluid and diverse individual immigrants and people of color. The political right argues that we need in a we need a stronger leader able to overcome the forces of the left, shrink government and release the market to heal our society. If we allowed individuals to use the resources freely in the political arena, in the political arena, and to pursue their economic self-interest unhindered by government regulation, life in the USA would get better. Private schools and private healthcare, lower taxes, especially for those wealthy job creators and media and cultural institutions, family, church, and school that have returned us to our traditional values, whatever that may be, this is what would create a better future for the United States and allow us to reclaim our place in exceptional nature in the globe. Unfortunately, that is in fact what we are living. The left, on the other hand, proposes a more socially democratic nation that takes lessons from the best in the world, practices of Scandinavia and the so-called Nordic model, the left values equality and equity, inclusion and diversity, natural sustainability, and revitalized democracy. More practically, those values amount to a fairly well-known group of proposals reducing the power of wealth and money in our politics, promoting democracy by increasing people's access to voting and ending the electoral college system and letting government regulate the media in a matter that promotes and rewards factual communication, right? Factual communication, factual communication. So uh, those of us that are here understand what these progressive values mean, right? We care about the environment. We care about life uh, chances. We care about education. We care about all these things that make us who we are or who we should be. The left argues that these efforts could be funded by a reduction in war spending and a truly progressive tax system where all pay their fair share. Agreed. This choice can be expressed as a choice of what national model to emulate. The social democracies of Northern Europe, as praised by Bernie Sanders, or the free market capitalism of Hungary, as lauded by Steve Bannon and others. To make our choice more transparent, here are how these two model nations rank in international comparison. International comparison. I love it. According to the Quality of Life Index, developed by Numbeo, Higher is Better, the U.S. scores at uh, 178, while Finland is at 188, and Hungary is at 132. On the United Nations Human Development Scale, 0 to 1, higher is better. The U.S. scores a 0.92, Finland 0.94, and Hungary 0.85. The OCD's Better Life Index ranking put the U.S. at 8th in the world, while Finland is 5th, and Hungary is 26th. And the moderate publication U.S. News & World Report Ranking the best countries places the United States at 23, Finland at 5, and Hungary at 34. So Hungary or Finland, do we go left or do we go right? I think the answer is clear. We go left. You want a good life, we go left. You want honesty, you go left. You want, you want freedom, you go left. You want equity, you go left. Anyhow, hey, I see Melissa gave a wave there. Hi, Melissa. I, I trust that you're, you are leaving us a bit early. Well, thank you for having been here. Alistair Waters says, thank God we are struck listening to our extreme brethren on FB. 
we aren't stuck. Listen to our extreme version on Elf. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let's see what else we got here in the commentary. We miss our good old Bridge MCP today. Uh, we also have Carl Cox says, Japan was brutal to all peoples, mostly civilians in China and elsewhere. Japanese people were willing to die for the emperor of Japan when the Allies invaded Japan. Uh, Eric Hayes says, joking like you and Ray did. Oh, I don't understand that. All right. What else have we got here? Let's see if we got anything else that I need to. Paul Fleming says, when U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken lamented the civilian death toll in Gaza on Friday, it marked a subtle but notable shift in U.S. language towards the Israeli government. For weeks, the Biden administration has strongly backed Israeli PM Netanyahu's military offensive following Hamas' brutal attack, but a rising death count is in the besieged enclave pro-Palestinian protests across the globe and increased discomfort inside the White House have put considerable strain on the posture. I, I, I hear that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a bit more sinister, uh, Brother Fleming. I think it has everything to do with uh, the election. I think it has everything to do with Michigan, a Michigan, a, a place where uh, the the a place where it is really the people that are going to really decide the outcome of the election in uh, in Michigan is likely going to be our Muslim brothers and sisters. And I think that while too many didn't realize the possibility of that happening, finally Rashida Talib and quite a few others have gotten to Biden and said, you keep it up. Right now, you went from an 80% popularity around, among us to about 15%. Let's see how far that gets you in 2024. Because what is happening in Israel, I'm rather in uh, Gaza right now, is, in, is inhumane. It is, well, you, you get it. It is terrible. ABQ says the comment section for that tweet asks if we have a ceasefire, will Hamas honor it? Will Hamas release their hostage? Will Hamas give up those who killed Israelis during the terrorist attack? It's a war, isn't it, right? ABQ says, yes, I'm checking our links, but but can't watch videos while watching Egberto's live stream. So comment section or nothing. Tom C says, restream from Facebook to YouTube appears to be down. Uh oh. Didn't know that, Tom. Thank you for letting us know. Anyway, folks, I got to be getting out of here, but I have one favor to ask, as usual. Please support the program. How can you support the program and make sure that we can continue doing what we do, what we need to do? You can support the program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support is the way to support the program. That gives you many different options in which you can support the program. If you're listening to us on YouTube right now, Go ahead and click that button that says join and you can join us and become a part of of it. Uh, let's see what else we have here. We can go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. The newsletter is at politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com newsletter. Please go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter today. Uh, Again, uh, what I'm asking for, I guess, is become a paid subscriber of the newsletter if you if you have the wherewithal to do so. Remember, it's only a coffee a month or so if you so choose. And what you do is you allow us to continue doing what we're doing. This is what we do, folks. We need 
as 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 um Daniel said this morning, we need that other voice. We need we need to make sure we just don't have that information you hear on TV. We need you to listen and have the truth. So please, one more time, my brothers and sisters, please subscribe to our newsletter. Please become a, a paid. I mean, the newsletter is free, but you can you can also become a paid supporter of our newsletter by going to politicsandright.com slash newsletter to subscribe and then to become a paid subscriber. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. Love you guys all. You know how this end. I'm Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.